0: Chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat. And welcome to the Crime Chat. I'm your forensic femme fatale Natalie is your true crime at a connoisseur.
1: We're just two normal girls who obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown.
0: And here's your disclaimer chatter. Today's Crime Chat contains adult content and descriptions of violent and disgusting and gross and... You're going to rethink
1: Thanksgiving type of scenarios, so Ooh. your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned, and before we get into today's Crime Chat, cat, what have you done? Oh, well, it's Thanksgiving.
0: Well, it's right before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, happy Chatters. Thanksgiving. And we've done Thanksgiving uh, murders before, we're mm-hmm. going to do another one. Yay. So, <laughs> <laughs> but other than kind of getting ready for the story, I have, oh, you know what I watched? What? No, absolutely nothing. What? The house. I haven't had time to watch TV. Usher. Nope. I haven't. I have not. I haven't watched one thing since the last time we recorded. I haven't watched one thing. But I've been like work's been kind of crazy. I've got school that I'm in, and then we had family in town. Hmm. So what I did do is we went to charleston for a day mm-hmm. and we got to walk around the charleston market it's absolutely i love like the old town charleston area and i got your christmas present What? from charleston from charleston Ooh, I- and once you see it you'll be like uh-huh. okay really? okay all right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so i did in columbia we went to every year they have a christmas craft classic and it's essentially like Small businesses, crafty stuff like homemade jewelry, Ooh. some homemade like baby clothes, mm-hmm. and just a, a lot of like a lot of woodworking, a lot of metal work, mm-hmm. really cool stuff. So I I picked up some stuff
1: there. So actually, I just
0: started some Christmas shopping, which I'm I feel like I'm behind, but
1: I I'm on the way. You're an early <laughs> shopper. You do you take from Thanksgiving on to shop for Christmas?
0: Pretty much. Like my <laughs> my mother in law when she was here. She was like, "Hey, you're gonna get a couple boxes at the house that have my name on it, but they're they're for Christmas, so don't open it." And I was like, "Okay." And she's like, "I'm so behind this year." And I was like, "Mary, it's October." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "I was done in July last year," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm not that. That's an early. Like, that's early to me. Like, people who plan, like, they do it a year round and know that they're like, I'm going to give this for Christmas. I'm too excited about gifts. Yeah. Like, I can't wait that long. Like, as soon as I got this
1: for you, I was like... You're a new grandma, though, so, like, this is going to be a fun year for you to go shopping. Yes. And
0: we have gotten... We've gotten Scarlett, our little Squiggle, Mm -hmm. we've gotten her some some gifts already, too. But when I... What I was saying, though, is, like, when I got yours, I was wa- I wanted to send it to you right away. Like, I was like, she's going to love it. So I had to <laughs>
1: – I'll give it a month, and then I'll send it to you. You can send it to me and just, you know, torture me and say, you can't open it till Christmas, and I just got to – I'll shake it and, like, be like, what the fuck is it? But <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one other thing I was going to get you, but this one is
0: – I saw it, and I was like, yeah. this is it. Oh, I'm this excited. This is it. Okay. So – Excited. And it also has something to do with our podcast, so. Ooh, okay. Love that. So it's got <laughs>
1: something to do with murder.
0: Yes. Okay. And we talked about being on location, too. So there's – it's all kind of tied into that. So
1: dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. Now – okay. All right. I'm not going
0: to – I don't – I'm not good. I'm not good with it. Just shut up, cat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my – that's my shenanigans. Hmm. No uh, – Time for entertainment. I barely have time for sleep. <laughs> mm.
1: So I I watched a movie mm-hmm. that was really, really good. It was called River Wild. Have you ever heard of it? River? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Wait. No, I'm incorrect. River Winds. River Winds. Wind. From 19, 2017 it came out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who's in and it? And it's the guy that plays Hawkeye. <gasps> Jeremy Renner. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. He is such a hottie. <laughs> he he is. <laughs> Wait, so now I got it wrong again. It's Wind River. Wind River 2017. I had to Google it because Okay. So it is about so they're in Wyoming and Wyoming is pretty harsh in the winter. And he's a hunter, like he's a tracker. So the people mm-hmm. hire him to kind of get, get rid of wildlife, like hunting their, I guess, livestock and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like if the wolves are killing the whatever, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, yeah. I got it. controlling the wildlife. Yes. So
1: he's yeah. he's got a really cool character because he's like, you know, he's the badass. He's like that really traumatized character. You kind of don't know his pack story until later on. But. Yeah. So it takes place in Wyoming and it's about – there were two unsolved murders that they couldn't figure out. And I'm not going to tell you like what happens, but Mm -hmm. it's really cool because the girl that you like – what's her name elizabeth olsen yeah elizabeth olsen is in it she's the lead and she they they make a great like they together i've never seen them in a a movie together but this movie was exceptionally good like uh, we well they were we were crying they were in avengers together were they oh that's right who was she she Mm -hmm. was she's the red witch the scarlet witch scarlet witch okay Mm -hmm. all right i totally missed that i didn't even realize they were in there together all right. Because he's like, he's Hawkeye, but the one thing that's disappointing in Hawkeye is that he doesn't have any special powers. He just has like a bow. But he's very good at it. He's very he can climb very fast. I guess so. He's a hottie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a hottie.
0: <laughs> so I'm sitting here and all I can see is my fat lip on the camera. I don't see it. I can see it. So Chatters, <laughs> I have a fat lip, but I did it to myself and it's a gym injury. And when you try to lift heavy things and you don't do it right, they can cause injury. And i that's all I can do. It hurt. It's like throbbing.
1: <laughs> so you're lucky you didn't break teeth or – Yes. I'm, and
0: I'm lucky I didn't – like because I ended up biting my lip when I hit myself in the face with the bar. Uh-huh. But I ended up – like so it's functional fitness. And I was doing – for those who are familiar, functional fitness, a.k.a. CrossFit – I was doing a hang cling, and I went to do a push press, and I hit the bar on my chin, and that made me bite my lip, and there was very little blood, thank goodness, <laughs> and I have all my teeth.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, and she let out a <laughs> I said, ah! <laughs> "Oh my god!" And this happens what an hour ago, two hours ago, just a ago? couple hours ago. Yeah, See? it's very fresh and it's throbbing. So, <laughs> and and we never miss a crime chat. Doesn't no. matter. No <laughs> uh, bruised, maimed. It doesn't matter. We're here. We're here. Okay. All right. So, Kat, before yeah. you get into your story, I did a little intro on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know if Thanksgiving – I would say Thanksgiving is definitely ranked within the top three of my favorite holidays. The first two would be either Halloween or Christmas.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Do you have plans for Thanksgiving? Yes, I am going to cook. Good. Something you haven't done in a
1: while, like as far yeah, I, as like people having done people it.
0: over? and Like you were yeah. talking about. Yeah.
1: I haven't done that in three years. Yeah. So – I kind of enjoy going to people's houses and not worrying about cleanup, <laughs> and you know. But you know what? I'll do well, it this this year. I'll this Thanksgiving, this
0: year. I'm gonna be on a cruise ship. Ooh, where are you going? We're oh, we're going to the Caribbean. Yeah, again. So we're going to Bahamas, Honduras, and a couple stops in Mexico. Chris and I, and then our friends that are that we cruise with, kind of in the November timeframe. But and usually hmm. we're gone the week before Thanksgiving. The ports that we wanted to go to were over Thanksgiving week this year. So we're like, you know what? Pfft, I'm not buying any of that stuff for Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> yes. So now does do they have do they have like Thanksgiving meals on oh, the yeah. cruise ship? They oh yeah. Do? They'll okay. they'll they'll go all out. Really? With all the fixins. Is this the first Thanksgiving or first holiday you're on a cruise ship? Is this the first time you're experiencing an actual like US holiday? I would say major? on
0: on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. yeah i've been over like i think minor holidays before i'd say minor just like i don't know flag day or something <laughs> but they like to you know have themes and that kind of stuff and we went mm-hmm. one year i don't want to, i remember it was like around new year's or something like that and maybe it was like january february and they still had some new year's stuff kind of decorated right. on the ship so like they'll do. They'll go all out decorations and they'll have, I'm sure, huge pieces of chocolate. Like they'll probably have a huge turkey that's carved out of chocolate and all kinds oh. of stuff. So,
1: gonna have all the feasts and none of the fuss. All right, that sounds really, really good. I'm jelly. I'm very jelly right now. <laughs> you know something? I was watching a, I have, I subscribed to a new channel and I was watching it and I'm like, God, this reminds me of Cat. So, <laughs> Not the person, not the person doing the channel, Uh but just like the story. So he, I think the channel is called like the fat plumber or the old (laughs) fat plumber or something weird. Like it's just something really odd. And, but the, the guy that hosts it is a retired, I want to say Marine. Uh huh. And he's just very like good at U.S. history, and he, he and what he does is he kind of like goes into you know certain struggles that we've had in the past, and he kind of like goes into detail and and how like I, the last story he did was what was the what was it called? It was called the um, Mission Priamantis. It was I'm gonna look up right now because I want you to see it.
0: I looked up the fat plumber and it says I'm an experienced plumber and heating engineer for 40 years. He's in the UK. I don't think that's the guy.
1: It's not the guy. It's not the guy. Wait. Wait. Or is it maybe not fat or the old plumber? Old plumber. See, I thought I subscribed to his channel. I'm sorry. I will subscribe. But so he went, He goes into just stories, military stories and stuff like that. And his take on it is so freaking funny because oh he's coming from a very blue collar attitude. And like whatever he's saying is very relatable, but he kind of like he has a little bit of a shtick to him. <laughs> And he was – it was so enjoyable to watch him. And, like, I learned something. I'm like, oh, I never heard of that little issue we had in the Persian Gulf during that time. Like, I didn't know about it. Yeah. But the way he described it, I'm like, this reminds me of It was <laughs> ver- all the details are there. It's, it's like, prego, it's in there. All the details are in there. <laughs> well, I mean, and I
0: forget a lot of things sometimes until we, you know, get to talking about something. And then I'll remember – you know, it'll be tucked back away behind the cobwebs and then start to creep its little way out when it comes up in conversation. <laughs> There'll be things that I remember and stuff. We were doing that on the way to Charleston the other day. Chris and I were talking about something and it, and it came up some It came up in conversation, like one of the my old Back in my day, war stories, and I was telling him <laughs> a story about when I was in Afghanistan for the first time, and right, yeah, it's weird, and like, wow, I got, I feel like really fucking old. No, stop it! I do.
1: <laughs> Crazy. Well, he's called the fat electrician. Oh, plumber electrician. Yeah, I <laughs> the fat electrician. He served, and he, I guess he's really into just American history and some of the conflicts that we've had. But he definitely Uh puts a spin on it where somebody like a layperson like myself could understand and be like, oh, okay, I get it. I I see what's going on here. I gotcha. Okay. So. Cool. To our story. So yes, Thanksgiving is coming up. Mm -hmm. And as we know, it's a national holiday and celebrated primarily by the United States and Canada. In the United States, it is observed on the fourth Thursday of November. Yep. While in Canada… It is celebrated on the second Monday in October. I didn't know that.
0: I didn't know that either. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. But the same celebrate the same meaning
1: behind it. I guess so. Oh, okay. Good thanks. But, I mean, th- it seems like Thanksgiving is primarily a U.S. holiday. Yeah. So I guess they're just, you know, celebrating us. I don't know. I'm not sure. Huh. So Thanksgiving is traditionally a time for expressing gratitude and appreciation, often marked by family gathering, feasting on a variety of foods, and reflecting on the blessings of the year. The holiday has a historical roots in early colonial period with the story of the pilgrims, the mm-hmm. feast in 1621. A typical Thanksgiving feast in the United States includes a roasted turkey. <gasps> turkey. 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 Cranberries. <laughs> yes. Oh and murder. Do you like your cranberries whole – do you do you eat cranberries from the can or do you have to make them? I like them either way. Either way? Do you like mm-hmm. the whole cranberries or do you like the jelly I cranberries?
0: I like the whole cranberries, yeah.
1: Do you ever like the jelly ones? Yeah. Okay. I, I, Me too. I, I, I'll take cranberry sauce however it comes. Yeah. It's full <laughs> of sugar anyway. I mean she's just yeah. having it with a side of sugar. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Chris, um, Chris, on the other hand, he will only have the canned, but I I also like fresh, like cranberry sauce.
1: Yeah, I, there's a recipe I made one year. It was really good. It was cranberry sauce, you know, with the sugar and then you kind of simmer it and boil it down and then you put orange juice in it when oranges Mm. and cranberries go really well together. So yeah, they do. They do. uh, Mashed potatoes, gravy, green bean casserole. Sweet yep. potatoes or yams, and a variety of other side dishes, and of course, desserts such as pumpkin pie. Mm. One thing that was not mentioned here, which is one of my favorite, is pecan pie. Love pecan pie.
0: Pecans?
1: Pecan. Or pecan. pecan.
0: <laughs> we say pecan. Northeast is pecan. <laughs> pecan. <laughs> So, paca, paca, um, that's what it sounds like. It's, it's Or you can be like, it's, it's a pecan. It's a pecan.
1: Yeah. Pecan. Pecans.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pecans.
1: So each year <laughs> as a part of the uh, Thanksgiving festivities, the President of the United States is presented with a live turkey, usually mm-hmm. from the National Turkey Federation. Yep. And the President grants the turkey a pardon, sparing it from the fate of becoming a Thanksgiving dinner. That's right. This is a lighthearted tradition and is typically carried out with a sense of humor as it serves like more of a symbolic gesture. Mm -hmm. Following the pardon, the turkey is often sent to live out the rest of its days on a farm where it becomes a living symbol of the Thanksgiving holidays. It serves as a reminder of the Thanksgiving holiday spirit and the gratitude and the mercy that we should have. Be thankful. Be thankful. thankful. Yes. So – Here are some interesting facts about Thanksgiving. I'm sure you know Thanksgiving traces its origins from 1621, the harvest feast shared by the pilgrims of Plymouth and the North American Indians who formerly occupied parts, which is now known as Rhode Island. Mm Mm-hmm. However, it wasn't until 1863 that President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national Thanksgiving Day to be celebrated on the last Thursday in November.
0: I think it would change too. Like at first, it was like the third, and then it moved to the fourth, or something like that. I I don't remember. I was probably eight when I learned that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade oh, in New York I City. It. So that is an annual tra- tradition starting in 1924. And my apartment was right on the street mm-hmm. of the Thanksgiving parade. So, but it was at the beginning. So Macy's was like maybe six blocks up. Yeah. So my, right in front of my place was the staging area mm-hmm. by the West Shore Highway mm-hmm. where the floats would come up. Yeah. Rise up right in front How of my cool. I know. I was on the ninth floor and I could see like the floats coming up. I'm like, oh, it's getting started. It's getting started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I, as you said, 1924, which means mm-hmm. next year is the 100th anniversary or birthday of Mises. Oh, I didn't. that's right. Of the Thanksgiving Day Parade. So, huh,
1: cool. I'm not going to be anywhere near New York. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm-mm.
0: I want to go just to experience it at least once. You know what I mean? Uh, but other yeah. than that,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. To two, two people-y. Yeah, two peoplely, and ironically, the funny part is, is like I've been New Year's Eve. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, and everybody that watches it on TV is like, "Oh my god, the city! It's so busy and da 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 da, and so many people." And I'm like, "You do realize that where the t- where the TV is pointing, like there is a staged area. They pack it in with mm. people, mm-hmm. but behind the camera, there's they're, em- they're- It's empty. Yeah, yeah. that makes like, sense." They, they it's off a show. It. It's off a show. And then they kind of like push people into the center of Times Square so they take that like big shot. Mm-hmm. But other than that, and then the, the crowd disperses. It's, it really is not as crazy as people think, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. So the parade is marked with extravagant floats, giant balloons, marching bands and performances marking the beginning of the holiday season in the United States.
0: And Santa. Santa. He's the last one that comes through. That's the, that's when you know it's Christmas is when Santa finishes. Crashes
1: the party. With the Macy's
0: Thanksgiving
1: Day (laughs) Crashes the party. He crashes the party. Oh, Santa. Oh, Santa. So number three, turkey tradition. According to the National Turkey Federation, around 46 million turkeys are consumed in the United States on Thanksgiving Mm. Day. Mm. That's a lot of turkeys. That is a lot of turkeys. Poor turkeys. Number four, football has Mm -hmm. become a significant part of the Thanksgiving tradition in the United States. The NFL has been hosting games on Thanksgiving Day since its inception, with Mm -hmm. the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys often hosting the regular matches. Hmm. So you're you're a football person. I'm not a football person. I'm a food person. I'm eating while that game (laughs) is playing. (laughs) I mean...
0: Not necessarily a fan, mm. not even so much of the n f l anymore they're too they're two babies
1: they're like they are babies. I
0: get paid millions of dollars and
1: well, you I know, know yeah.
0: you get you get paid to play a sport, and if you I feel it's in and, and its is my opinion, mm-hmm. they just lost the love of the sport by the time it gets to that level of like status for them.
1: yes, there's I agree. no
0: passion in the game anymore, so I prefer college. But you said Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys. I'm not a fan of really either one of those. I would go for the Lions before I go for the Cowboys, (laughs) So,
1: Oh, my God. Have you ever seen the 2020 – was it the Golden Globes? Where – because I normally don't watch those shows. Like, I I couldn't care less. Mm -mm. But Ricky Gervais Mm -hmm. hosted it, Mm -hmm. and instead of hosting it, he roasted everybody. And oh, okay. He was fucking brilliant. When I tell you, I, I he love was Jer- Ricky brilliant. Gervais. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> he is hilarious. Like he basically, at the end, he told everybody, "Listen, you." He goes, "You're in no position to lecture anybody in the world about what to do next. Just get your little award and get the fuck off the stage." <laughs> <laughs> You literally have five seconds to take this and leave. (laughs) Right. He's like, thank you, God. Thank your agent and get the fuck off the stage.
0: Oh, Oh my gosh. It needed
1: to be said. It needed to be said. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So back to my list. Number five, presidential pardonings of turkeys. That Uh started in 1989. As we know, it's a tradition for the president to pardon a turkey. Uh There's another list that I put together. Only three. But unfortunately, these are crimes that are often committed Uh On the holiday, the Thanksgiving oh. holiday, there are three most common types of crimes that often occur. Are you ready? Is murder on there? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's not. Okay,
0: so it's unique uh, that we're going to talk about it.
1: Yes. story. Okay. So number one is burglary and theft. Many people while traveling to visit family and friends due to the Thanksgiving, homes sure. are often left Unattended, making yeah. potential targets. So I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I can see and
0: that. And it happens over Christmas too. Like you go out of a lot of people go see family out of town and right. Home alone. Yeah, home alone.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Nerd. <No>. Number, <laughs> number two, drunk driving. Mm. I can see this too because mm-hmm. when you're when you're uh, look all Thanksgivings you're seeing family you haven't seen in uh, since last Thanksgiving. And the – They're all wassailing. Some, yeah. Sometimes things don't <laughs> – you just don't get along or you're preparing yourself. Like me, I used to – when I did – the last time I did Thanksgiving was three years, four years ago. Mm-hmm. I normally start my turkey and I would start drinking my wine. Yeah. And by the time the guests got here, okay, everything was ready and and I was basically as cooked as the turkey. So <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can understand why alcohol consumption increases for the holiday and also unfortunately this leads to drunk drivers. Yeah. Of so course. number 3, domestic violence. Unfortunately oh, the sure. stress. Yeah, the stress associated yeah. with the holiday can sometimes lead to increased domestic violence incidences, yeah. like uncles punching, you know, other uncles or whatever I guess. Yeah. But you know what? This also, Christmas also contributes to this because remember, one, the financial strain, the family tensions, the alcohol consumption, and also like Black Friday, which is happening (laughs) the following day. So it's like, yeah, Thanksgiving is, it's almost like being rushed to a point. Like, I don't know why. I I don't think, no other country other than Canada, which has, I think, Boxing Day, but we don't, nobody knows about Black Friday. That's our That's our trauma. That's our trauma. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So. I don't even have to hear about Black Friday this
0: year. Not going to be here. I'll be Black Fridaying myself up on the pool deck.
1: You know what they should do? They should have a drink. Make a drink hold of Black Friday. Yeah. While you're on the cruise ship. So Kat, (laughs) give me two staples that must be on your Thanksgiving table besides the turkey. Two side staples. What do you need to see on your table in order for you to feel it's Thanksgiving? Well, besides turkey. Mm-hmm. These are sides. Probably
0: mashed potatoes. Mm. And I think we always have made mashed potatoes and mac and cheese, homemade mac and Ooh. cheese.
1: Okay. All right. Those are those are good ones. I mm-hmm. was going to say like candied yams where you're loaded with like marshmallows.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then the green bean casserole. Cause when... Green bean
0: casserole was, was going to be my other one. Yeah. yeah.
1: So and, and green bean casserole, I think, is one of those recipes where you either know how to do it or you suck at it. Mm-hmm. You know? You're either loading it's that. It's not hard, though. It's not like a – it's not hard to make. No, but I've seen people fuck it up. Like I've true. seen it come out like soup and I'm like, nah, this is not the way you do it.
0: It's not the way. But There's directions on the French onions
1: package. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's really easy to I follow. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, okay, chatter. So that is basically my list. Yeah. Let us know what your staples are on a Thanksgiving table. Yes. And we are ready for Kat to just incorporate the murder.
0: Yes. We're going to intertwine murder Mm. into a family feast of fun and football and fall. Mm. We're going to talk about the story of Omaima Nelson. And you've never heard of her. No. or It doesn't ring any bells. Maybe it will when I get into the story, though. Because I would say the first thing that comes to mind is... She's hot, but she's psycho. The song,
1: oh, she's
0: a cute, but a psycho.
1: (laughs) Well, is that the picture of her?
0: So, yeah. Behind me is like a little graph. It says Cranberries, Turkey, and Murder. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, this is Omaima
1: Nelson. She's gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well- She was born Omaima Arif. That's Mm. her maiden name. She left Egypt looking for a better life in America. Mm. And it wasn't long before the beautiful 23-year-old met a man more than 30 years her senior, Mm. Mr. Bill Nelson. He was flamboyant, large, belt-buckled 56-year-old. Within four weeks, their whirlwind romance got pretty serious pretty quick. They met in a bar that Bill frequented a lot. He enjoyed drinking cheap beer, playing pool, and one night this beautiful lady uh-huh. was at the pool table, caught his eye. He was immediately attracted to her dark skin, her curly hair, her exotic look. Uh-huh. And as quickly as the romance started, within a month of knowing each other, one of them would be dead dun, dun, dun. from a crime of un I'm seriously unspeakable series of violence acts. Really? Oh yes. Boy. Oh boy. But before we get into the crime, let's talk about Omaima and Bill. Okay. Omaima was, I said, born in Egypt. She was born in southern Egypt, kind of near the Sudanese border. Mm-hmm. She grew up in a poor farming village, and her life was. Extremely hard. I know a lot of people are like well, they have a hard you know upbringing. Hers was like harder than most. Hers was very difficult. Her father was a violent man. Mm. He had a temper. He abused her physically and he abused her sexually. And eventually, her parents did divorce and she moved to Cairo with her mother in an area called the City of the Dead. And it's called the City of the Dead because it's a kind of like a slum area where there's a half a million people squeezed into this very small area among the vast amount of cemeteries and it was made up of thousands of graves tombs mausoleums and a lot of the residents they didn't have housing so they actually lived in the tombs with the dead
1: oh my god okay
0: yeah so this uh wasn't easy for omima And she was looking to get a better life. Uh She didn't want to be involved with any of this anymore. So when she was 17, she did meet an American oil worker who was working in Egypt. They got so involved to a point where her family actually insisted that they get married. Egyptian men weren't necessarily interested in her either. And she was afraid that, like, they would never be attracted to her because she wasn't a virgin, because she was sexually assaulted.
1: Oh, my God. That's terrible.
0: But with this American oil worker, she knew that this was basically like, it's my way out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my ticket out of the city of the dead. So they they married. And when the American's contract was up in Cairo, like when he was finished with his work there, he moved back to the States and they moved to Texas, which was his home state. Mm-hmm. This is where he was from. Unfortunately, it wasn't long after that that their relationship did fall apart, and they divorced. Right. So now, Omaima, she's 18, alone, Mm. a strange person in a strange land with not the ability to speak very much English with a strange language. She was really overwhelmed. There was a lot going on here. Her beauty, however, kind of helped her get by. Mm. She had a very excited look, as I mentioned petite size dark skin and this actually got her kind of her ticket into modeling she did this quite often she was a lingerie model and when that was slow or when she didn't have many like gigs she found work as a nanny or as a house cleaner but she still was looking for love she wanted a man to take care of her and a lot of times over in the middle east too like the man does the work the wife stays home so her working for it you know is a little yeah she's like i want somebody to take care of me So rather than work, she would meet men in bars with the hopes that she would find herself a little sugar daddy. Mm -hmm. She went from one relationship to the next relationship. When they didn't work out, she would just, like, leave them. And eventually, kind of, like I said, she was in Texas, but she did end up moving around and finding herself in Costa Mesa, California. And this is in Orange County. Mm -hmm. What she really wanted was to be needed and to be loved deep down. She never really had that, like, growing up. And she's... Really, still a kid. I mean, kind of at this point, eighteen, nineteen years old. Yeah. Oh, poor baby. If a relationship didn't work out for her, she actually she would steal from them in the bed while they slept. She would take their money. Sometimes she would take their cars. Mm. But she was actually specifically attracted to older men because she thought they would be nicer.
1: Mm. Did
0: she have daddy issues? Oh well, yeah, she did. Daddy a- abused her physically. Yeah. Physically, sexually, like da- yeah. Oh yeah, she had daddy issues. Yeah. Mm. Now, Mr. Bill Nelson, he was described as quite the character and larger than life. And this is based on not only his size, but his vibrant personality. Mm -hmm. He had such a presence that he would catch people's eyes as they walked into the room. He was originally from Texas as well. He had a red Corvette, wore red cowboy boots, and a huge, shiny belt buckle. Oh, this man is large and in charge. Yes. (laughs) Basically he was outgoing he stood out in a crowd he projected an image also of being a rich texan
1: uh-huh. and
0: at one point saying that he he owned an entire cattle ranch and sold it he had 5 children and 17 grandchildren but the 56 year old was still pretty lonely
1: uh-huh.
0: so it would make sense in the bar that night for bill and Omaima to immediately be attracted to one another she was looking for somebody older more mature somebody to take care of her and bill was lonely he was looking for somebody to love they hit it off. They were just like teenage lovers, couldn't keep their hands off of each other. Bill was so serious at this point that he actually asked Omaima to drive across the country with him to Texas and to Arkansas to meet his family and his friends. And
1: like he was like, "Let's do this." Oh, she pr- she probably made him feel like a kid again. She made him feel. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm sure he was just yeah. So as they were driving, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm picturing the. Ma- As they were driving east Mm. (laughs) on Interstate 10, Mm. guess where they stopped? In Phoenix, Arizona, (laughs) to get married. They found the justice of the peace. They went and they got married Mm. on their way to see Bill's family. Mm -hmm. And Bill was so excited, he wanted to show off his uh, quote-unquote arm candy to his family.
1: Oh, my God. I'm sure he has daughters that are her age, if not older just about to get to it awkward
0: so if you didn't like if you didn't understand kind of that background and what their initial spark was to each other Mm -hmm. and what drew them to each other you probably wouldn't think that it made sense like this was a very odd couple Mm -hmm. like he could be your daddy yeah Mm -hmm. well this is how bill's children felt it didn't make sense to them and in yeah. fact, some of Bill's children were actually older than Omaima, uh-huh. Uh-huh. their new stepmother. <laughs> now, oh. while while they were a little suspicious of Omaima at first, they did want to give her a chance. So when they were visiting one of his daughters, they went horseback riding. And it was, I don't know if it's – there's some pictures and stuff out there of her on the actual horse. But Omaima ended up getting bucked off the horse. And Bill's daughter, you know, was they were taking care of her, make sure she was okay, and is like, you need to go to the hospital, you need to get seen, make sure nothing's broken. Surprisingly, Omaima asked for aspirin and vodka, and she said she would be fine. And then Bill's daughter remarked, wow, that gal is one tough cookie.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah.
0: Put a nugget in that. Okay. <laughs> how, how tough this cookie is. Oh, boy. Okay, after a couple of weeks of driving around, visiting family, visiting friends, Bill and Omaima ended up back in California, and they settled in at Bill's apartment, and they were getting ready for Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving day, Bill had told his daughter he had so much to be thankful for. They had a turkey dinner with all the fixins. Everything was great. Everything was set up. They'd had leftover for days. However, within three days of this last conversation, a seemingly picture-perfect alliance and union would all change. Mm. On December 1st, 1991, at around 9 a.m., Jose Esquival was awakened with a pounding on the door. He didn't answer the door, but looked out the window to s- and saw a red Corvette. He didn't recognize it, and so he went back to sleep. He was like, whoever it is, I don't know who it is, I'm going back to bed. It, the, the frantic knocking did kind of go away after a few minutes, And then about four hours later, the same person shows back up at Jose's house. His front door was open and a woman walked in. He immediately recognized it was Omaima. So they had actually dated about a year prior to this. She went to somebody that she knew. Uh She felt she could trust, right? She was visibly upset. She had injuries to her face, her breasts, her arms, her feet, actually, too. And when Jose asked her what happened, like... Come in, calm down, tell me what happened. Omaima told Jose that her husband Bill attacked her. She said that Bill tied her up and raped her, putting her through days of sexual bondage. But eventually she was able to escape. She told Jose that she got an arm loose, grabbed a lamp, hit Bill over the head with it, and apparently she hit him so hard that it killed him. But this wasn't the most shocking thing that Omaima told Jose. Omaima asked Jose to help her dispose of Bill's body. And she needed some kind of truck or something to help move his body from, you know, his body parts in trash bags. Like, I need help getting rid of it. And she also offered Jose money for this. She said, Bill has $75,000 in his safe and he's got two motorcycles. And I'm going to give those both to you if you help me get a truck and dispose of his body.
1: Did you say garbage bags? Did you say she, like, he was in parts? He was, he was separated, like cut? We'll get to that. Oh my God. Okay. This is
0: what she's telling Jose. Oh. So Jose it's like, I need to get rid of his body parts and trash bags. Yeah. So that's all he knows at this point oh in time. Oh my
1: God. Okay.
0: So Jose decided to play along. <laughs> of course. And he told her, wait here, I'm going to go get a truck. And when I come back, we'll go take care of the body. Instead of going to get the truck, however, Jose went to the nearest payphone and called the police. (laughs) Thank you, Ah, Jose. Oh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Police showed up at Jose's apartment to find Omaima waiting there for Jose to return. And it was obvious to police that she had been crying. She was very distraught. They did see her physical injuries, and they kind of appeared to confirm her account of the sexual assault. Uh But when the police asked her, tell us what happened, essentially confirming what Jose told them, Omaima denied everything. She even swore that her husband, Bill, was very much alive. He was just in Florida on a business trip. Of
1: course, Florida.
0: And they haven't lived together long. She doesn't know how to get a hold of him. She's a, she's cooperative, but some of her answers just kind of didn't line up with what police were. Like, this girl's kind of suspicious. Yeah. Like, we don't know. Yeah. So the police then take a closer look at the red Corvette that Omaima drove to Jose's apartment. When they looked in the passenger seat, they saw a bag, a black trash bag. And when they took a closer look to see what was inside the bag, they were shocked and probably would have lost their Thanksgiving dinner. What? It was filled with blood-smeared newspapers and what appeared to be human organs. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> a co- so they call the coroner's investigator and they're like, I think we've got some uh, some organs over here. Can you kind of come and confirm? The coroner's investigator responds, examined what was inside the bag, and he told the officers, quote, You see those black spots on the lungs? That's carbon. That's from smoking. End quote. And Bill was a smoker. Clearly, Omima was not telling officers the truth, basically when they confronted her in Jose's apartment to what they found in the car, right? Omaima was taken to the Costa Mesa Police Department for questioning. Now, when she was taken there, other officers were dispatched to the apartment that o- Omaima and Bill, where they lived. When they arrived at the apartment, they knocked. Of course, nobody answered. So they did force entry into the apartment via the window. The apartment was, like, apparently, like, a cluttered mess. It was, like, disgusting. Boxes everywhere, computer parts, like, mis- miscellaneous junk everywhere. So, apparently, Bill was a reprogrammer, like, computer reprogrammer, program computers, and built computers from spare parts. So, I guess he kind of did this as, like, a little side hustle. Initially, they didn't see any indication that there might have been a struggle. And it was just, like, a messy, like, you know, kind of cluttered apartment. So, back at the police station, during Omaima's interview, it took about three or four hours. She was cooperative, but she was rambling. And she was just going on and on and on. She never, like, hardly ever sat down for the whole time. She just paced back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. She talked in third person. She talked about hallucinating. But most of all, she denied that Bill was dead. When she was confronted about what she told Jose, she said, quote, he's on acid. He doesn't know what he's talking about, end quote. (laughs) So then she was asked about the back of organs that were found in the red Corvette. Omaima blamed Bill. She said that she thought that Bill killed someone. When the police asked her, why would Bill kill someone? She said he was a dangerous man and was in jail for four years. And then she went on to explain. Omaima said that Bill was recently paroled. So during the 1980s, Bill was a pilot in Laredo, Texas. And one of his trips, he would go like back and forth to Mexico, to Uh Colombia. And he flew a DC-3 propeller plane, which is kind of... It's not like a a super small plane, Mm -hmm. maybe fits 12 passengers, 10, 12 passengers, something like that. Anyway, one of his trips, he was arrested after the plane landed back in the United States because it was filled with marijuana. And there was a rumor also at some point somewhere, I couldn't really find a whole lot into this, but saying that he worked for the CIA at one time, but that didn't help him. He was convicted of smuggling and spent four years in a federal prison. Wow. So, Amaima claimed that Bill, however, committed much worse crimes than this. She said, quote, he raped women and stuff like that, end quote. <laughs> and she said Bill tied her up and raped her, too. And at one point, Bill was – had that night, or when it, she was trying to explain what happened to Bill, Bill sat on her chest and she couldn't breathe. So, police asked her what happened to Bill. Like, how did you escape if he was – if he tied you up, if he was raping you? And it was weird. She continued to deny anything happened to Bill. She said, quote, I don't know. I don't believe he's dead. He can't be. End quote. He's in Florida. He's in Florida (laughs) with the Gators. (laughs) So continuing to be like completely distraught, she could not well, or would not explain how she ended up at Jose's apartment with a bag of human organs. (laughs) So getting nowhere, they said, "Okay, you know, if you're going through all this trauma, we're going to send you to the hospital. And we want you to get a sex assault examination. We're going to document your injuries. We're just going to keep a record of this. Uh-huh. Omaima goes off. She's getting her examination. Police are still at the apartment, her and Bill's apartment, going and searching. And they did discover something might have happened. Something actually really horrible happened. Oh. So they started to take a deeper look when they found a blob of like a spot of blood on one of the doorknobs. Mm-hmm. Then there was a pool of blood kind of down the wall and on the carpet. And amongst the mass of computer boxes, they found more black trash bags that kind of looked like the bag that was in the Corvette. Once they started going through the trash bags, they found more body parts. Also in the bags a broken lamp and a broken iron that had hair and blood on it. As they made their way through the kitchen, they were in for something a little bit more than their Thanksgiving dinner. They found a pair of hands in the frying pan that were apparently cooked along with some white turkey meat. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: (laughs) That's crazy. Okay.
0: The garbage contained parts of a human hip with turkey and cranberry sauce. And in the freezer... There was some left. They start, There was some turk like Thanksgiving leftovers. There were hot dogs. There were vegetables. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, there's Bill's Nelson's head wrapped in aluminum foil next
1: to the cranberry sauce.
0: <laughs> next to the cranberry right. sauce, or what they thought was Bill's head anyway, because apparently Bill's head was burned no. beyond recognition because Omaima deep fried it. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That okay? That's yeah. insane. This was in 91? 1991. Yep. That wasn't common to deep fry a turkey, let alone a head.
0: Well, we kind of get to the timing oh, okay. a little bit too okay. and kind of what some of their concerns were. Okay. So as they made, so as police made their way, they're through the kitchen, they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. They make their way to the bedroom. They found some evidence that kind of validated Omaima's claim being tied up and raped. The two bedposts were broken. There was a rope laying on the bedroom floor. But when investigators examined what was left of Bill's ankles, which they found in one of those trash bags, they found a ligature marks that revealed that he probably was the one that was tied up and not Omaima. My God. Also, a look at the mattress revealed that it was so freaking saturated that it was soaked down through the box spring, like through the mattress and then like through the box spring.
1: Oh my God. She like butchered him on that mattress basically. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> mm.
0: So meanwhile, police are discovering this. Omaima's still at the hospital. The nurse who examined Omima said there were no indications of rape. There was no trauma, vaginal trauma. There was no anal trauma. A doctor, a physician, also indicated that her physical injuries were not indicative of somebody in a struggle and that they were a little bit more consistent with somebody who was dismembering a human body. Because, I mean, there's blood everywhere. The knives Mm -hmm. slip. You're going to injure yourself in doing this. Right. With these results and the results of the search of her home, they brought Amima back to the police station and she was confronted with everything. And she said, quote, I have a confession. Okay. Not only did she admit that Bill was dead, she also admitted that she killed him. She said she didn't remember how she killed him, but that she got up and found him in a trash bag. And when she was asked why she killed Bill – and I'm going to say kill Bill a lot. It's going to remind <laughs> me of the movie. So <laughs> so when she was asked why, Omaima said, quote, something inside of me told me that I had to do it like demons, mm. end quote. Then, okay, she begins talking about drugs and drug use and how she was abused in her childhood. And she said mysterious people contacted her. She had visions. She said there, there were two women with blood all over them, and they walked in and said, quote, he must die, he must die, end quote. Police didn't know what to believe, and if she was truly, like, mentally ill, if she, like, if something was seriously wrong with her, or if she was just kind of grasping at anything she could to minimize her involvement. But at the end of the interview, she did ask for a, psych- a psychiatrist. She was booked. She was charged with murder. The bail was high, and she didn't really have anybody to pay it out, right? So she was kept in custody in pre-trial confinement in a women's facility there in California. While Amayama was in jail, the medical examiner confirmed that the remains were that of Bill Nelson's. Piecing together how he died, the medical examiner said he had more than 25 blows to the head, and it was a very violent death. She likely used the lamp and then the iron that, ha- that was found in the apartment that had blood and hair on it, but after Bill died, he was then dismembered with such precision, like methodically, skillfully, that the medical examiner wondered if Omaima had ever cut up a body before. Because the cuts had, had seemed like they were done by somebody with some kind of experience.
1: That's scary. Like she maybe in the city of the dead. Where's her daddy? Yeah. Where's daddy? <laughs> 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 oh. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Oh, my God.
0: But even more disturbing, okay? When the medical examiner weighed all the body parts and the organs and compared it to Bill's known physique, there were about 80 to 100 pounds of him missing. Where was he? Since they knew that the head was deep fried and the hands were in the fryer, it was not hard to imagine what happened to the rest of him. After all, it was only a couple years from Jeffrey Dahmer, cannibalism, those incidents that have happened right beforehand. Like this, Jeffrey Dahmer was still in the back of their minds, like from the 80s. And this was Uh only 91. So they're like, is this another Jeffrey? Da- like, do we have a fucking cannibal here? Mm-hmm. Like, ah! Yeah. Police interviewed Bill and Omaima's neighbor, and he said the whole weekend the in, the garbage disposal ran constantly to the point that it actually broke late, either like late Saturday night or early Sunday morning. And if you recall, Sunday, December 1st is when Omaima went knocking on Jose's door after the garbage disposal broke. Okay. Trying to figure out if Bill was like Omaima's first victim or police did spend quite a few days digging into her background. They found a long list of prior offenses to include theft after luring men in with a promise of kinky sex. In 1989, then 20-year-old Omaima was caught shoplifting and she turned violent. She bit the female security guard in the breast. When she was confronted about shoplifting, she bit the female security guard in the breast, almost like completely severing it off. She grabbed another guard in the crotch, debilitating him. And she ran, but eventually she was arrested for not just the shoplifting, but also for battery. She did spend two months in jail. Oh my God. So she like fucking freaked out. Like, yeah, yeah. By 1990, she was living with another man, surrounded by very eerie circumstances to what we just talked about. And you'll never get a guess what his name is. <laughs> oh. Robert? Hansen. Not the same Robert Hanson's that we have talked about
1: back to back last season. There's a but third? there's another Robert Hanson. Oh, my God. Is, is he connected <laughs> with murder, too? Well, he's actually quite important to the case. Okay, okay.
0: He told authorities that Omaima lived with him before she moved on to Bill Nelson, and that their relationship was built entirely around sex. Like, it was a completely sexual relationship. When she told Robert that she wanted money... Robert said, what are you going to do for me? You know, you're going to give me a little nookie nookie? She said, I want to tie you up. And Robert, thinking this sounded really kinky, he's like, "Mm, okay, let's do this. However, once he was tied up, Omaima pulled out a handgun and demanded money from him. Robert was able to free himself and was able, like, the tie, he was able to get out of the tie, at least from one of his hands. He did take the gun away from her and then he kicked her out. (laughs) He's like, but he was so embarrassed that he never reported this to police. Wow. And it wasn't until Bill's murder or death was in the news that Robert actually came forward. He could have been Bill. Exactly. But he was able to get it free. So after Robert came forward, then he, the prosecution actually added on the assault charges for Robert onto Bill's murder charges. The assault actually revealed a lot more into Omaima's motive that had nothing really to do with demons or visions. She was just a gold digger. She a gold digger. She's a psychopath, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Omaima goes on trial one year and one day since she was arrested. So December 2nd, 1992, in Orange County, California. And prosecutors really thought that they had a slam dunk for the first-degree murder charges. They had her confession. They had tons of physical evidence. But there was one thing they really didn't have, and that was showing Amima as the manipulative gold digger that they arrested. She changed her appearance. She, you know, came in completely different. It was it had been a year. And one of the jurors actually commented saying that she looked very sad and that she had, quote-unquote, been through it. So she played that victim up, uh-huh. like, throughout the entire trial. So prosecutors opened up the trial with a more horrific vent than what Omaima had been through as a child as to what Bill went through. Like, uh-huh. he was he was beat to death and then dismembered. Yeah. <laughs> and probably eaten. <laughs> so they did theorize that Bill entered a consensual bondage session with Omaima. So they're theorizing about the night about what happened uh-huh. uh, on Thanksgiving. She tied him up to the headboard, probably then demanded money and access to his wealth, like she did with Robert. Mm-hmm. Bill probably refused her request, and then that sent Omaima into a rage. She snapped, which is, oh, by the way, you can watch this episode on Snapped. You? <laughs> yeah. So they also brought Robert Hanson on the stand as a witness testimony in describing what Omaima did to him that night. Mm hmm. He was a key, really key in showing her motive and I guess like past behaviors. The defense, on the other hand, never denied that she killed Bill. She, I mean, she confessed to it, right? Uh But said that Omaima had a reason. And this was the same reason that she gave Jose Esquival when she asked him to help her dispose of the body. And the reason was that she had been abused and battered over the course of their marriage and she thought that she was being raped. The defense brought up Omaima's abuse from her childhood, starting when she was seven years old, where she was subjected to genital mutilation, which is also known as female circumcision. Is that true? It is true. She got that when she was seven.
1: Yeah. That's a poor baby. So it's
0: actually customary in this kind of, this part of Africa, Hmm. where the procedure is done without anesthesia or sterilized equipment, and it's performed by the women in their village. And it's a practice basically to help control a woman's sexuality, but what it results in is very painful intercourse. Yeah. So the procedure did leave her with scar tissue and, uh, like... A lot of sensitivity in that area, and it just made the enjoyment of sex very impossible. Mm-hmm. There was also the psychological scars. Oh, yeah. Standard effects of trauma or PTSD. And according to her defense, the trauma was the only the beginning of a lifetime abuse. So, like, starting at seven, and then, I she was only 23, 24 by the time trial started, but that's young, yeah. right? They claimed almost everybody in her family had either beat her, tortured her, or molested her. Defense claimed that she developed a coping mechanism of living in a fantasy world to escape. And in order to evaluate Omaima's depth of, like, kind of the illusions and the visions and her psyche, they did call her psychologist to the stand, the one that had evaluated her. She described Omaima as soft-spoken, childlike, frequently very, very sad, and was often tearful. Most of all, the psychologist testified that Omaima was deeply disturbed. Omaima allegedly told the psychologist that she cooked some of Bill's ribs in the ovens, flavored it with barbecue sauce, and ate it. And then she said, quote, It tasted sweet, just like I like it, end quote. Omaima also began to fantasize that she was descended from ancient Egyptians who would talk to her or like act through her. Uh-huh. And this included the night that Bill Nelson died when she kind of snapped, which was actually November thirtieth, nineteen ninety-one. Uh-huh. Although the medical examination didn't necessarily find that Omaima had been raped, like there was no evidence of of that, the defense argued that this was Bill's actual intent. They argued it was an everyday part of Bill and Omaima's relationship, that Bill demanded oral sex daily, and that supposedly that also came with Bill degrading Omaima by calling her names. And that night, Omaima said that Bill demanded sex from her and was not performing to his expectations. And Bill started complaining, and Omaima wasn't performing it oral sex right. Basically, as his anger towards her increased, the insults increased, and the defense said that just something snapped with Omaima. She became psychotic and told her psychologist that ancient Egyptians helped her, they ordered her to kill Bill and mutilate his body. The ancient Egyptians believed that if a body is cut up and dismembered, yeah. that they, they're scattered so they can't go to the afterlife and Omaima would would not have to worry about Bill coming, like, meeting her. her or hunting her in the afterlife. Yes. Wow. The prosecution did try to dismiss the psychological issues and focus more so on Omaima's behaviors, being calculated and cunning, and basically just saying Omaima's trying to get a sanity an, an insanity defense. Omae actually took the stand in her own defense, too. She told the, the whole story about what happened when she was a child, all the way through the different relationships, and then all the way through that night. She said what began as a hopeful relationship turned to what she felt like was a nightmare. She testified that on their drive to visit Bill's family, that he threatened to kill her. He said if she didn't do what he wanted, he would bury her in the desert. Omaima said she took this very seriously, and on the night of the event, Omaima testified that it was a violent sexual encounter that only ended when she grabbed a lamp off the bedside table. She broke the lamp over his head and then grabbed a nearby iron and beat him several times with it. 25 times, if you remember. (laughs) But she did that until the handle on the iron broke. Wow. Okay. So she grabbed the next weapon that she thought she could find, which was a pair of scissors. And she started stabbing him. Mm. She said, quote, I just picked it up and I told him, get off me, get off me, end quote. Apparently, this is where her memory goes dark. She said, I blacked out after this. She had no memory whatsoever of dismembering Bill. She denied ever eating Bill also. She said her next memory that that she finds was finding herself alone in the apartment that day with bags everywhere with human remains in it. She maintains the fact that she blacked out this entire time. In response to some of Omaima's claims, yeah. the prosecution actually showed a video of their road trip where it did not show tension. Mm-hmm. It did not show that something might have taken place. Omaima and Bill, it was quite the opposite. They were they were behaving like two kids, in love, laughing, having a good time on a road trip. So to kind of counter what Omaima was saying. Mm-hmm. But as a result, also it kind of came up of his sexual assault. She castrated him and disposed of his genitals in the garbage disposal. At some point in time, this also was claimed to have happened. But the trial did end, and it was so weird. The trial ended December seventeenth, nineteen ninety-two. But the jury didn't reach a verdict for almost a month. Oh, okay. January twelfth, and it was, and it wasn't necessarily on if she did it right. Defense never, never tried to fight that was it premeditated or was it not premeditated that's yeah. kind of what got them hung up mm-hmm. but what they did decide is she was convicted of second degree murder and not the first degree with the premeditation okay. she was also convicted then of assault with a deadly weapon for the attempted robber robbery mm-hmm. robert the attempted robber of robert hansen mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison Okay. Now, Omaima did say that she was sorry for killing her husband, Bill Nelson, but she felt that she was in a fight for her life. And if she hadn't killed them, she would have been killed herself, saying, quote, I'm not a monster, end quote. Hmm. During her incarceration, Omaima ended up marrying a man in his 70s. He came to visit her. He, now, he was wheelchair-bound. He did come to visit her. Okay. And they would engage in conjugal visits up until he died. And guess what? He left her his entire estates and all of his money, and, and apparently, sh- behind even behind bars, Oh Mima found a man to take care of her. Yeah,
1: how, how do these women find these men? <laughs> how, how do they do it? She, well, I mean, it's not like because
0: before she was like going to bars and trying to, you know, lean in sexy over the pool table. She's like, I right. got you, you stick right here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how she did not behind bars somebody was writing to her it was something like but these but know. these
1: women these psychopaths they always find multiple men that would do anything for them all the time yeah oh my yeah okay
0: so in 2006 omaima's first parole was denied when quote commissioners found her unpredictable and a serious threat to public safety end quote she was denied parole again in 2011 mm-hmm. when the board determined quote she had not taken responsibility for the murder and would not be a productive citizen if she were free, end quote. The last thing I saw was Omaima's next uh, parole is in 2026, and she will be
1: 58 years
0: old. Wow. Wow. And that is the beautiful family
1: Thanksgiving murder. Oh my God. That, (laughs) so she, okay, I feel bad for her though. Like her backstory is terrible, Mm -hmm. it's traumatic, it's horrible, but it doesn't condone what she did, but I do feel bad. Exactly. I do feel bad for her. I do think she probably did black out. I don't, I don't know.
0: know. I mean, and she, she still contends that, like, I don't know. I do. I th- she probably did go into some kind of rage, like. But the fact that she also she she has an M.O. right. She's got a way where she tries to get these men in, and literally she lures them in yeah. with the promise of sex. She ends up going a little bit further and a little bit being a little bit more believable, kind of with every relationship going a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Right? Because I don't. She never married Robert Hansen, but she was with him for some time. Yeah. And then, at, what what makes it what makes it switch for her that all of a sudden one day she's going to be like. Today's the day I'm gonna, you know, demand money from him. Right. Like, what What makes that
1: like? I don't know. I I think w- w- as far as her blacking out, like I think especially when it comes to sexual assault at a young age, it's very common for children to black out. And if she sure. did have some type of castration, female castration, I could see all that being plausible. Yeah. As far as her reaching out to men the way she did, that just may be very. That that, that that's probably how women survived in her. Previous culture, just to kind of. Well,
0: they, I mean, but her family was like also c- you can kind of go embarrassed
1: out as, of her. But you can't exactly go out as an independent woman saying, I'm going to do it all on my own. I don't think it was oh, right, culturally right, right. acceptable. Right. If they're castrating seven year olds, I'm pretty sure it's not culturally acceptable for her to not be without a man right. to take care of her. Right. So maybe she just is just, I don't know. I feel bad for her, but I don't because that was pretty. It was brutal. When, yeah, the, the deep frying the head kind of. Yeah, sorry. They were, like, opening up this aluminum foil, and they're like, I think it's a head. But we,
0: we really can't tell because it was so burned from being deep fried. Oh, oh my God.
1: But, and I mean, also... if,
0: plus with the neighbor saying, like, the garbage disposal. So either she consumed it or she got rid of a lot of the meat yeah, down the garbage disposal to the point that it actually broke.
1: Right. Or she ate some.
0: She probably, I think she did. Mm. I think she did. Especially if she told the psychologist that she cooked his ribs and ate them and
1: they tasted sweet just like she likes it. Like, Girl, she is giving Valerie Pape a run for her money. And <laughs> Valerie runs in heels and yeah. she's giving her a run for her money. Wow, that is a combination of Valerie Pape, Taylor Ship Business. Who was another Who was another one you did that did another one? Oh, it was, I'm thinking of Valerie Pape because she's the one that- She dismembered her, her husband.
0: Yeah. The torso. Oh. Arizona torso killer.
1: Well, this is going to be a theme for our, our whole season, so. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, she's not. I mean, our theme is female serial killer, so as far as we oh. know, she's not a serial killer. As far as but we know. You think, you as think, far as we you know.
1: You think she's had other victims?
0: I, I mean, if she cut with such precision, unless the ancient Egyptians were guiding her in <laughs> the mutilation, I mean. <laughs> mm.
1: I think like, she probably has other victims maybe I think in a, so. in her previous country in, in Egypt yeah oh, yeah it's terrible that's terrible yeah wow cat happy thanksgiving <laughs>
0: <laughs> afwan it's arabic for you're welcome
1: well, because we don't want to leave you hanging chatters for more information on this case, please check out After That Crime Chat, only available on Patreon.
0: And don't forget to follow us, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Tiki Taki. See what we got coming up.
1: Remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, when you become a chatter to our Patreon, you have access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes, bloopers, and free merch. And check out some merch in the works.
0: Yeah, so keep a watch. We're going to have some teasers coming up for our next episode, and that's Natalie's story. Mm
1: hmm. You don't want to miss it.
0: All right. We'll see you next time, Chatters. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.